Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. I am Bo Bishop, Johnny Ginter on the other end. Johnny, I thought we should start today on the idea of expectations and how it gauges the way you feel about things. And in life, I think appropriate expectations can lead to a happy life, right? <laughs> um, it, it depends on what you expect of yourself. Right. And I think the same is, is true for the Ohio State men's basketball team. If, if I were to tell you in October that that the Ohio State basketball team would be 13 and three in conference playing a game behind Michigan State for out, you know, to have a share of the Big Ten championship, you would have taken it in a nanosecond. You would mm -hmm. have taken, you know, them being having nine wins, being nine and seven. We would have taken that. There were not expectations for this team. And then somewhere along the way, the expectations changed. It, it probably started with that Michigan win at home where they came from behind in December and, and beat Michigan. And all of a sudden they started racking up wins after win, after win. And then they beat Michigan State at home. We said, oh, okay. And then they went to Purdue and were down 14 and won. And he went, wow. I mean, that's the Purdue win changed everything. Then it went from, uh, we, I had Dan Dockage on the radio show I do up here in Cleveland on Friday. And we had him on and I said, is there, what is the ceiling here with this group? You know, like what? No, it was on Thursday before the Penn State debacle. And he goes, he goes, nothing would surprise me. And I said, that's how I feel. Like at this point, I think they could beat anybody. Like they could lose to anybody, but they could beat anybody. Like they could run to the final four. And then there's the bad matchup at Penn State. And that's kind of what it is. Penn State's guards are a problem. If they get in the NCAA tournament, Tony Carr's just going to eviscerate people. Like they're a real problem right. if they get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And then the Michigan game in Ann Arbor on Sunday, an inspired Michigan team. And then, then you... You go from eight in the top 25 last week to 18 this week. And you kind of have to reassess what we have here. And that's where I'm at. And the funny thing about it, my friend, is I think Chris Holtman's in the exact same spot. You see what he's doing with the rotations. Kyle Young getting a lot more minutes. Cam Williams coming back from the suspension. It's very clear that Holtman is trying to figure out how they can get this thing back the, the train has come off the rails a little bit in the last week. <laughs> now they, they have Rutgers tonight. We're taping on Tuesday and the game's going on as we do this. And then, you know, Indiana on their senior day, a desperate Hoosiers team. But if you watch what Holtman's doing, I think he's in the same boat as the rest of us. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think part of it is a bit of a regression to the mean. I think they've been playing over their heads for a long time. And one of the thing that the things that you talked about with those games that they had in common were these comebacks right where you have to make up for a deficit that you created at the beginning of a game and that's that's exciting that's fun to watch but it, i think is also indicative of a team that isn't super dominant in a lot of ways and they they play really sound basketball they're incredibly well coached obviously and they've got a lot of good talent but i also think you don't have a lot of depth i think sometimes uh it takes a while for them to get into the flow of the game and when you've got a team that can shoot the lights out especially like with penn state and they can do ridiculous things from three uh it's harder to get back into it and i'm not the last several games have not really haven't been freaking me out or making me think that you know ohio state isn't going to be able to compete in the big 10 tournament or even the ncaa tournament but it does make me uh i think reassess uh exactly how much of a witch chris holtman is you know, like, is he yeah. really, you know, is he really some kind of warlock that can create, you know, talent and wins out of there? No, I mean, you still have to play the game stuff to win. And I think after a pretty grueling Big Ten season, it's it's understandable maybe that they're dropping a couple towards the end. Now, the challenge is, of course, can they get back on track? And right now, you know, looking at the Rutgers game out of the corner of my eye, I think they're doing okay. But 
Um, it's, you know, it's not, it's not something that for me, I'm super shocked by, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, no, it's an appropriate correction. Yeah. They're ranked 18th in the country. That's about what they are. Uh, this is a wide open NCAA basketball. This will be the most wide open NCAA basketball tournament of all time. Um, I wouldn't, I couldn't, if somebody said like in most years, if, if somebody said to you pick eight teams that can win the national championship and would you bet your house on it? Like if I could probably pick eight and in most years I'd, you'd probably get it, you know, eight to 10 teams. Mm-hmm. You could do 25 this year. I mean, I've yeah. never seen it this <laughs> wide open. I mean, St. John's is dreadful and beat Duke and Villanova in the same week. Right. <laughs> Think about that. I mean, that St. John's is dreadful and they beat them both in the same week. Yeah. So it's all in play. What what is what I think is most satisfying? It's senior night at Ohio State tonight. What is most satisfying to me? I keep coming back to Jay Sean Tate. Uh, he was a monster in the Michigan game, and it's clear they're going to rely on him more and more as they are in this funk that they're in, and that he's going to have to be kind of a point power forward guy. And it's his heart. He puts his heart and soul on the line. I I am as happy for him that this season occurred as I've been for any Ohio State athlete because. Jay Sean Tate's give a damn level was not reciprocated on the teams he played with until this one, right? Yeah. He was, yeah. It was never him. I mean, we would want this kid has given every ounce he has for four years. And in three of the years, his teammates were not along for the ride. Right. And this team was. And so to see his heart, his give a damn level rewarded with this type of season. I mean, Johnny, not to, un- this is not an overstatement. He redefined his legacy. You will remember Jay Sean Tate 10 years from now. And if this thing didn't go this way, he is part of, uh, he is, he's just, his class would have been, and Cam and Kata and the rest of those guys, their class would have been just the next in a long line of forgettable Ohio State basketball teams. It's as simple as that. And they changed, they changed the course of history with this season. However, this finishes up. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I lot, maybe they win, lose Indiana could go either way, either way. It's house money. He has changed the way you think about the class there. This team has, and I'm so happy for him because his effort was never the problem in his time in Columbus. I think that's a great point. I, I, you know, of, of the guys on the team who deserve to see, you know, just some modicum of success. I mean, Kata, especially coming back from the injury and Jason Tate, the, the level of effort it's cause it's like, you're watching a game with Jason Tate and then some of these other guys that he's played with. And it was, it was weird because it would be like somebody running from a volcano and one guy's just booking it. Like, he's like, I got to save my wife and kids. And the other people are like, you know what? It's Pompeii. We're dead anyway. It's fine. And it's just, yeah, you wanted to see a guy who really was at least trying, uh, to get something accomplished, to be able to be put in a situation where his effort is going to result in something. And Ohio State is going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they may even win, you know, a couple games there. And that might be yeah. really sweet. And that would be his, that would be just rewards for a guy who has just never stopped working his butt off. And that is all you can ask, I think, as, an, as a fan of Ohio State basketball. Um, I think those are the types of guys that people just really love, you know, in general. Um, especially at a sport where we don't necessarily expect national championships every year. So I, yeah, I I'm 100% with you on that. I think that's really great. I will say that it doesn't necessarily free both of those guys, Kata and Jay Sean um, up from some legitimate criticism. I think uh, Kata especially needs to refine, like he's got to rediscover his shot. 
I think that's going to be an Dude, issue. Going I'm, forward, I'm telling but... you, he's been carrying too much of the weight offensively. Yeah, I mean, no, and that's probably a big. He's part. asked to do too much. He was five right. of seventeen, I think, against Michigan. As a team, they were two for fifteen against from three uh, against Penn State. Like they, this, they are out of gas. This is a right. this the margin for error of this team was always razor thin. There's not much depth. There's no outside shooting unless Cam Williams gets it going along. And Bates Diop was Superman for two months. And you just, yeah. the gas, the, they, I think this, what, where we're headed for in this Big Ten tournament is the stupidest thing ever. And the fact that Ohio State could play Friday night, lose in the Big Ten tournament and not play again until two weeks later in the first round of the NCAA tournament and Friday, God knows where. Like that's absurd. This whole thing is nuts, and we'll talk about it next week on the show too, um, and and the week after. But that th- this might help them kind of recalibrate. Um, and it, it, for Bates Diop, it might be a needed rest yeah. to just take a, take a couple of days off <laughs> because that. I feel like when I've been watching him, like the last three or four, he's just out of gas. The mm-hmm. tank is on empty. He can't. He doesn't have the legs anymore. They, he has carried an entire offense for the whole season. I mean, if he doesn't get 25, it's hard for them to get to 70. You know, right. like he's got to get 25 because they just don't have a lot of options. Um, you're right. He's got to get it figured out, but he's got to get his leg. He'll get his legs back, I think. And I just I think more than anything else, it's just an example of so much has been asked and relied upon by him. And for the most part, he's delivered to the point of, you know, probably winning the Big Ten player of the year. But he's just on empty. Yeah, he's got to refuel. Well, and that's and that's kind of a situation that they're going to have to address next season as well. Because I mean, it's great that you have that guy that you can rely on, but just I I think what people need to do is take a look at the minutes that he's played and the amount of shots that he's had to take. And again, that's not part of that's a function of him just making all of those shots, and part of it is a function of you know we, we he's the only guy who's going to make those shots during that time period. So do you I remember when we had to think about going forward. I think. Yeah, I agree. Do you remember when we had, uh, of course, you remember when we had Holtman on? No, oh, yeah. Um, I felt like he pretty much said, you didn't have to read the tea leaves too much. He pretty much said, next year's going to be rough. Yeah. No, I mean, he knows that. And, and Holtman, knows like, I think that's part of why. He's, he's, you know, he's trying to get it to the fan base, though, so that they understand yeah. that there's that this, and then there's going to be a little step back. Right. You know, from this. Yeah. No, and he, he knows that. And I think that's part of why. Again, I don't think Chris Holman is the most emotive guy in the history of the universe. I don't think he's the kind of dude who's going to lose his mind or anything or tear his hair no, out. Uh-uh. But I also Thanks, think baby. he's well aware that this is a great thing for Ohio State basketball this season. But some of what he said and some of his body language suggests he's like, this is awesome, but I know what's coming. And we're going to have to do a lot of work in the offseason to get these guys to where we need them to be. Because he is losing. I mean, he's losing really like half the offense in a lot of ways. Um, not just oh, in terms of like scoring, but all the other things that Kata means to the team. I mean, it's, it's going to be a huge loss. He has some great guys coming in and, and I'm confident that he can do the coaching to, to get them there, but they're not, I would be surprised if this is a team that challenges for the big 10 championship next season. Yeah. Did you hear the answer? Doug Maurice, cleveland.com asked him a question in the press conference about, um, is there anybody on this roster who can f- do what Jay Sean Tate does from a heart and soul leader standpoint? And he hemmed and hawed for about 30 seconds and basically said, no, there's not um we don't have anybody who's got that yeah um i think he said something like if there was another guy who could do that he'd be playing right so yeah there this is enjoy the last couple of weeks of this and whatever happens you know from there going forward uh but this season's been a joy and i i I think whatever happens over the next couple of weeks it will be remembered as such 
Um, there, this was a legacy changer for a lot of those guys and it, a total game changer for Jay Sean Tate and Kata Bates Diop and even Cam Williams who had the bump at the end because, you know, they were very close to being just the next in a long line of forgettable Ohio State basketball players. And now this is a, te- a, a team you're going to remember because this was there was a lot of joy to this. If this season, however it ends over the next few weeks, they brought joy back to Ohio State basketball. And, Absolutely. You know, there's something to be said about that. All right, still to come, uh, we'll do Ask Us Anything. But first, we are joined by one of the greatest athletes in the history of the state of Ohio and Ohio State University. That's next. Before we do that, though, we do encourage you to visit 11 Warriors Dry Goods for shirts, hats, stickers, and more. Drygoods.11warriors.com. It is with great pleasure and uh, quite an honor for us here on the Dubcast to bring on one of the greatest athletes in the history of the state of Ohio, one of the greatest basketball players in the history of Ohio State University and in the history of the world, frankly. It's Katie Smith, uh, Logan's own. This is awesome. And this is I, – I, it's so funny. You know, I remember – I think we all remember, you know, what you did at Ohio State, and that will be, you know, in a lot of our memory box forever. And then I was, before you came on, I'm like, you know, I haven't, I, I said, and we'll get to the Hall of Fame and all that stuff, but I'm, I was looking at your Wikipedia, but I don't even know how to begin to introduce you. Like the list of accomplishments, it's like, it's Ruthian. Um, and yet you started as a, as a little girl in, in Logan, Ohio. When did, when as a youngster, did you allow yourself to dream this big in terms of what you've accomplished? I mean, I don't know if I was even capable, uh, you know, professional basketball in the States and being an Olympian or just in general was not even on my radar until I think high school is when it all, you know, freshman years, you can start getting letters and you watch the Olympics and I'm like, man, that'd be cool one day. But I, I still didn't think about playing professionally, maybe going overseas a year or two just to accomplish my dream of being an Olympian, but I didn't think I'd be make a career of it. So up until my senior year of college, no clue. And even then I didn't think it'd last as long and kind of take me on this journey, but not, not one ounce of me thought that this is the way my life uh, would go. So uh, it, I saw that you were obviously Gatorade national player of the year. My first memories of you are in college, obviously your freshman year at Ohio state. That's the first time I was aware um, of, of what you were, um, but you were the national player of the year out of, out of Logan and um, number one player in the country. Like what was, was that, was Pat summit on your door? Like how, what was that process <laughs> like for you as you, I mean, I've been to Logan. I know I got family. We have a restaurant. Down yeah. There, so I, yeah. So, I mean, I know what that's, um, you know, that's, that had to be crazy for you. What was, was that a circus or what was that like for you? You know, it was, it was fun. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't overwhelming, but it was, you know, kind of surreal. Like I think in high school, I didn't, I didn't like talking on the phone or talking to people as much as I do now. But I always have my mom like, mom, you call, you call the coaches, like, <laughs> you, you call them. I don't want, I don't want to talk, but yeah, like Pat Summit was in our living room and watching me play on a stage and, you know, at the old Logan high school and, you know, Tara Vanderveer and, you know, of course, Nancy Darsh from Ohio state and Debbie Ryan. And just, yeah, it was, it was nuts. I mean, it really is nuts to think about <laughs> some of the, the legends and then, you know, the, the, the mail you got, you know, your, it, your handwritten notes were obviously the best because you knew that they, they, uh, they wrote them themselves and not the form letters, but I kept some, you know, I've kept some of them, especially from the the handwritten ones, and just uh, I don't think you totally realize it when you're going through it. Although it's 
you're just like, man, this is cool. Like, <laughs> and everybody's, you know, when you take your visits, they're telling you how awesome you can be. And in your head, you're, you're somewhat thinking like, all right, if I work hard, I can, I can do that. Uh, but you still don't know how it's all going to play out. Uh, but yeah, it was, I look back and just really fond memories, never felt real pressure. Um, you know, we didn't have the social media and internet and just the, massive amount of attention these these kids get but it was uh it was good attention and, and kind of made you hungry uh to continue to do a good job and then now you realize all these people and just how i mean amazing and uh how uh legends and <laughs> legends they were that they they wanted yeah. to to have you around so ultimately going to ohio state was it like i mean was it a hometown thing where you know i want to stay in ohio or was it just was there something else that maybe drew you to uh to columbus you know, a little bit of all of that somewhat. It was it was being close to home in a point. Not that I I never got home. My parents really were like, once I left, I left. You know, I didn't I didn't go home for summer. You know, I played USA basketball. I traveled overseas, and I mean, basically, they're like, when you went off for your freshman year, like we never saw you. Um, you know, they they came to see me. They they saw me and and followed up me and my brothers both brothers played in college um, football and and my little brother did track and football but you know they jump in the van and go all over and, and travel but I I didn't spend a lot of time back at home when I went to school so so part of it was you know Stanford Ohio State Virginia and Kentucky were my final four for uh, official visits and of course they all kind of had to beat Ohio State because there was a connection being a hometown kid representing your state university the memories that you can build if you know relationships that you can build if you keep your nose clean and work hard and and maybe have the success that you think you can then you're going to have a connection that just is so strong and special um you know stanford was a close close second um really felt comfortable felt like it was a great spot i just didn't you know and they had success they had gone to final four and you know it was like kind of instant uh, winning could happen, uh, but I was, and I still kind of look at my choice, and I'm happy with it because I just think the big picture. Not only did we have success, and um, some success, some not great, and then yeah, just as I said, the relationships that I have and the connection I have to the university and to the state uh, is just something that I just you know can't pass. And I hope a lot of people got memories, have memories because of that too, and enjoyed their time watching, and that made my time special. The the incredible career you have at Ohio state. And then uh, when that is at con- the timing then works out pretty good where you can yeah. play <laughs> for two leagues. I mean, you know, the WNBA, we all know now, uh, but mm-hmm. you played for the Columbus quest first. I mean, that was, there, there were two choices for you. And yeah. if you look, it's amazing to think like, you know, now we're, we're, it's just part of our culture. It's been in our culture for a long time now. It's just, a, you know, we know that this is what's going to happen. You you excel in college basketball if, if you're a woman and the opportunity is there in the WNBA. And now we know that you can go make good money in Europe or Asia mm-hmm. or wherever you want, you know, to continue mm-hmm. your career. What a game changer yeah. for, for over the last 20 years. I mean, I, this is such an incredible uh, evolution of what a little girl could be who loved basketball 30 years ago and and your timing is perfect because you get to because and you're great but it, you're one of the trailblazers who was the first to do this yeah i mean kudos to mom and dad i mean their timing was it wasn't yeah it wasn't you know i didn't like a lot of it just is timing and, and a little right. luck and thanks mom and, and dad but um <laughs> no i literally walked into 
uh, a world, you know, I mean, it really all happened because of the 1996 Olympic team. They trained the whole year. They did a, a, you know, a national tour, you know, played college teams, promoted the sport. And from that Olympic team, the two leagues developed. Half of the Olympians went to the ABO, the American Basketball League, and half of them went to the WNBA. You know, WNBA has the infrastructure of the NBA. That was, you know, they were partners in that. And David Stern was a huge, um, he was a big piece of why that even existed. And then the ABL, you had private folks who funded it. It was a little bit more grassroots and in smaller um, cities, but it was phenomenal basketball, super, you know, amazing talent. Um, and we knew it wasn't, we knew kind of going to the second year that funds that were a little low and, and that it just may not last. Um, but, you know, we we were lucky enough that at least one of them lasted, so that we could continue to do what we love and and make some money from it, a good living, and and you know, depending on overseas and whatnot, you know, you, the, the the money ranges, but it's still it was a nice nest egg to be able to do what you love. It's literally your dream job. <laughs> you get to play basketball um, and get paid for it, which is something I probably would have done for nothing. Um, knowing myself, I probably would have just kept playing. So. Well, I'm actually I'm glad you brought up the Olympics because one of the things I really wanted to ask you about, especially as you know things are going on right now, uh, you, I mean you got three gold medals. You start in Sydney, go all the way through Beijing. Um, can you tell us how that experience is a little bit different than maybe being in the WNBA or doing anything else uh, in terms of college? Like, what is different about the Olympics than other types of tournaments or games that you play? I think it's I think who you represent and 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 the you know the the letters on your chest which is USA it's you know from the time I started playing for them and you know tried out for teams and junior world championships and all the the little tournaments that you do it was just stressed that it's it's the one goal one team it's it's about a gold medal and it's it's not about who scores what it doesn't matter anything and they used to say the only thing they're ever going to remember they're not going to remember who scored the most points they're not going to remember who started the only thing they're going to remember is if you want a gold medal and so that was kind of instilled in all of us uh, from the first time I, you know, put on a USA practice jersey. And then the, those that were older, the coaches, and then I, we get, got to pass it down to the younger generation. So it just it's it's not only that you represent like everyone, um, you want to make people proud, but you, I personally felt like this is me, just a lot of pride for representing my hometown, my family. Um, my my university, my state. I felt you know it goes back that far. I mean, there, it's so much fun. I think you guys, myself included, when you know someone or someone's from a similar area, like you connect and you follow and you look on the in the paper or, or try to watch on TV. And you know that's how I felt is that I really was kind of going through this experience um, for everyone that has probably ever crossed my path or been my teacher and for my folks who drove me over all over uh, the country and brothers who sat in gyms and vice versa. So it was just really special to kind of share that and hope that people kind of were sharing with me, you know, through that whole ride. So a lot, a lot of pride for a lot of reasons. Everything that's, you you take it from, you know, growing up to Ohio state to pro, you know, the head coach, the New York Liberty gold medals. And then you get a call, I'm assuming in the last week, and it's not the call, but it's the call before the call. That <laughs> you're a finalist, uh, you know, you're a finalist for the Naismith Hall of Fame. Now, yeah. I don't even know, I can't even think of anything in my line of work that would be similar to that. And I don't think many people can. Um, that is the 1% of the 1%. And 
you know who's in there and they are they are the 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 they are basketball what is it mm-hmm. like to get the call before the call uh so the call the call was on twitter the the nas the naysmith was i didn't know they had a second finalist uh kind of step i i, I knew the initial one you know kind of came out I saw that that you know a larger group, but this one I actually saw a notification on Twitter, and was like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, I thought they wasn't so there wasn't a call on this finalist one. Now I'm sure there'll be a call on the if you get in or when you get in, but it's but this one was literally I saw a notification about you know myself and and then others, and I was like I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, I had no clue that there was another cutoff," you know, where they kind of you know moved on. So no, that was my that was the call with Twitter. Um, the women's basketball hall of fame, I did get a call, um, you know, from the, one of the committee members, Debbie Antonelli, who, you know, has some ties here to Ohio state and I've known for a long time, but, um, no, nah, that the Naismith one is definitely a Twitter uh, notification, <laughs> but I don't know what's the Crazy. final one. I'll have, I'll have to fill you in on that one. <laughs> yeah, that I'm sure that'll be a call. And so do you allow, I mean, you, I asked you when you were young, do you allow yourself to dream that big? Do you allow that call? Do you allow yourself to think about that call? I mean, looking around and seeing. You know, Jordan, Michael, I mean, Magic Bird, all of it. I mean, to be in, you walk in, you're there. That's nuts. Yeah, it is. Like, it it is crazy to think about. And yeah, it it really is. Like, of course, you think about, like, I mean, like, that's like the epitome, right? I mean, that's just the, uh, the highest of the high. And, you know, you just, you kind of pinch yourself part of you as a, I think you have the whole range where you're like, man, like no, no clue that this would ever happen and totally honored. Then the other side is, you know, you know, heck yeah. Like, you know what? I was out there you know, dropping threes and guarding people and competing, but then you, you just don't when you're going through it. So, you know, as an athlete, you've got to have all those range, but you just really don't know when you're in the midst of just playing through that, all that, you know, my whole career, like you, you're really not thinking of anything other than like, yo, I gotta push harder to get better. I gotta push harder to be in shape. I gotta, I gotta push harder because I gotta beat out this 22 year old and I'm 35. You know, like your mind is always on like, what I have to do next, and then you know, appreciating the journey as well, and and connecting with your fans and 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 those that have come before you that didn't get some of the benefits that you have that put in a lot of the, you know, put up with a lot to to get to us to this place. So. And then the friendships, honestly, I mean, everybody always says it's just like my lifelong friends and my my world revolves around basketball. And the people that are, you know, matter the most are are probably I met through basketball. And, and then also my high school teammates. We had a get together the other night and uh, it was a, a surprise birthday party for somebody. And like, I mean, just the memories we have from that are just uh, never ending. And it's like, those are the people that knew you before you were, you know, you weren't anything. I mean, you were the, whole, yeah. the kid in school getting in trouble or, you know, passing notes and this and that. So that's the, the cool stuff is that you, you're still the same person. That's what I hope people actually know is like when they talk to me, when they knew me then, they know me now. And they're like, man, this, this, this lady is still the same. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Aside from the fact that you've compiled like maybe the best resume of any, <laughs> oh, I said like I mean because that's the thing like you know obviously I think everybody who's listening to this knows who Katie Smith is and I think they know your legacy especially at Ohio State 
And honestly, I mean, if, if, you know, we're being frank, like I, I, I think that your resume speaks for itself regarding any hall of fame, but one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is kind of the future a little bit because mm-hmm. Ohio state fans, I mean, we, we cover women's basketball pretty extensively on our site and it, it's, it's always fun to talk about and to watch and enjoy. And I wanted to know if you, who, again, we, we generally recognize as the best Ohio State women's basketball player of all time. Have you gotten to watch Kelsey Mitchell and some of the things that she's been able to do as someone who, you know, is, is right up there with you in a lot of people's estimations? I mean, she's so skilled. Yeah, I've watched her her whole career, and um, I have a blast going. And I watch practice. I'll stop by and say hi to Coach McGuff when Coach Foster was here. I, You know, I kind of show up and, and, and watch and try to say hi to the, the players and, and get to know them a little bit and if they ever have any questions you know or want to talk then I'm always there if they they do but I I mean she's she's a talent I mean we have what is it Taylor Hill and Jantel Lavender that are in the league at the moment I think that's the only Buckeye Shayla Cooper Amherst Alston are kind of the borderline to come to camp I haven't made a team for a whole year uh, but she's she's special when it comes to scoring I mean she could flat out score from anywhere like I mean Quick release, shifty, great handle, finishes, different finishes at the rim, floaters. Um, I mean, she just offensively is a, I mean, a stud and, and could probably score on anybody. Um, so I just, it's been fun to see her put up those type of numbers. I mean, she's basically just going to be in the record books forever. Um, I, I don't know who's going to break this record. I, I really don't. I don't know if the game, maybe the game changes and the style changes even more where it becomes even more <laughs> offense. But like, I just think this is going to be tough to match. Um, and then, you know, they've won too. I mean, Big Ten championships, you know, competing right now, trying to, you know, stay equal with Maryland to get a tie for the Big Ten championship. So, um, and hopefully they can make a run. I mean, this is, could be a perfect storm with the, the Final Four here in Columbus, which is, I'm so pumped about. Uh, for our yeah. city to be showcased, and I think our I think our community is going to show up, and it's yeah. what an experience for somebody to to get exposed to this, and maybe a young kid to dream. You know, their their dreams may start now to want to be at that level. So I'm I'm excited for them, and I'm 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 anxious to see what Kelsey does on the next level and and where she goes from here. Um, but yeah, she's uh, I mean she's well, she's the best scorer in the country, um, and she's done that for four four years. <laughs> uh Kate, I'll get you out of here on this one. You're currently the the head coach of New York Liberty, doing a fantastic job at that. Do you is that where you see your future is coaching in the WNBA? Will the college job interest you down the line at some point, or do you do you prefer this professional professional game? Um, I'm happy where I'm at at the moment, but I would be open to college. Yes. I uh yeah. you know, if that if I you know, right now I'm in the honeymoon phase of head coaching, which is I have not coached the game. <laughs> um so i'm i'm you know i'm undefeated um i'm rolling so i i hope that in about probably eight months whenever august uh september roll around and folks say hey you did a great job (laughs) because then i've actually (laughs) done something but i'm you know it's it's interesting because this is a brand you know i basically closed one chapter and it's the plane and now you're basically writing the first few pages of a coaching career um, and what that looks like is somewhat unknown. It's a little, a little scary because there's a lot of directions it can go. Uh, but I'm open. I, I, you know, I think the college, um, the WNBA, the two different lifestyles. But I definitely there's some jobs, obviously in college that, um, you know, I'd be willing to, would love to get a shot at. And I think I'd enjoy. I really think I'd enjoy trying to help the young ladies 
have the best journey possible, both individually and as a unit, and then also for the university and, and hopefully empowering women. I think that's just a place that you can do it um, at a high level, you know, affect a lot of people, um, hopefully in a positive way. Katie, thank you for your time. And uh, thank you for always making the state of Ohio very, very proud. I appreciate you guys. All right. We want to remind you, don't forget to follow the other Dubcast on Twitter, rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Time in the show where we do our Ask Us Anything segment. My friend, do you have anything for us this week? I sure do. Uh, it's it's a little thin this week, so I'm going to implore oh, people on, to Pete. make sure. We yeah, we, I, I, we got we got one. We got one really good one. We got a really good one. But if, <laughs> if you guys want to send in questions, please do so uh, to Dubcast at eleven warriorscom or at eleven Dubcast on Twitter. Uh, this is from our good friend Alvin. Um, so this is an interesting question. This is one that I've actually asked. I think a couple of my friends before, but okay. despite Ohio State's incredible color you know palette of scarlet and gray mm-hmm. uh if yeah. ohio state was forced to change their colors due to some i don't know maybe all the people that they file lawsuits against fire file counter lawsuits <laughs> and then it's tied up in court and they got to change their colors for some reason what color scheme uh do you think oh you would choose God. for the great university of right. ohio state it's february in ohio so to me it would just be gray and white <laughs> i mean i haven't need this i haven't seen the sun in two months yeah um that's a tr- that's a tricky one. I you know one thing that that a color that's underutilized mm-hmm. in the palette, and and when you think about Ohio, it is just how green it is here. Yeah, maybe it's just because where I grew up, you know, we didn't there wasn't such. It's such it's so green here, like that Kelly green, like so many trees, and so green. So I mean, maybe I guess if you had to like a Kelly green. You know, like when Oregon wears like their traditional uniforms, like the Kelly green. Oh yeah. Like maybe, nice. maybe that. Yeah. And it's not used much like that. Not many programs have it. Um, and when I think of Ohio, like that's the first thing that comes to mind would be, I guess in my mind's eye, I mean, I had no idea this was going to be the question. So I'm just making this up on the go, but like <laughs> Kelly green and maybe, I don't even know how it would look, but maybe Kelly green, white and orange, because in okay. the fall, it's beautiful when the, when the leaves change. No, so I like when I that. think of Ohio, that's kind of where, that would be my thought process on it. You, have you given little, us any more thought than me making I, it up on the, on the fly? I have. But one thing that I want to say to that is that maybe incorporate a little Ohio River, maybe a little light blue, a little Tulane style. I think it might be kind of cool. Well, that's a beautiful color scheme. It Tulane is. Tulane really has it right. Yeah, there's no it doubt. It is. Is the uh, Ohio River light blue? No, or is it's it more brown. brown. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, in, in Lake Erie isn't that much better, but, you know, it is, it is what it is. Um right, yeah. I actually, and maybe I'll get roasted for this, but do you know what colors Ohio State originally picked out for their school? I don't know that. No, I don't. Yeah, so here's the thing. So Ohio State was was actually trying to answer this question maybe about 110 years ago, and okay. they came up with two colors that they really liked, okay. and then they found out that another school already had it, so they decided oh, not kidding. to use it. The school... Uh, which I don't know why Ohio State would have been afraid of this school getting mad at them for biting their style, because I, I don't think Ohio State would have been <laughs> big in their radar. But uh, Princeton, actually. Oh, yeah. School. So the 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 orange and uh, black, I actually, I'm look, I, I'm going I'm to show my ass a little bit as a Bengals fan, but I really yeah. like <laughs> the combination of orange and black. It reminds me of Halloween, which reminds me of fall, which is the best time of year in this entire state. Uh, I would one. be a big fan of Orange and Black. I think you can make a really cool college team out of that. I think it'd be sweet. I know there's other schools that do something similar to that. I think Ohio State can make it better. I'm, there's I not like that them. many. 
I, my wow. high school team was orange and black. Those are my high school colors were orange and black. And um, the key, the key to the orange and black color palette uh, on a uniform is the proper use of orange correct. and also the correct shade of orange because yes. uh, orange can go burnt and you can be Texas, uh, which is beautiful. I love Texas's uniforms um, mm -hmm. or, it, or it can go kind of dark. And if you get that bright orange, there's a really cool shade in there. So it's an appropriate orange use and it does look pretty good with the black bouncing off of it. I mean, I won't, yep. I won't, I won't disagree with that. It's a, it is a pretty good look like heavy on the black line on the orange. It looks good. I think that I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of that style. So that would be so my that's recommendation. That's interesting. So that was their original was black and orange and they were worried about Princeton. Yeah, that was their, that was original thought process, at least as far as I remember. I mean, I'm sure somebody in the comments or a yeah. listener can correct me, but I, th that is the story that I remember that they had thought about that and they were looking at other schools and what they had done and like, oh man, we can't do that. Princeton just did it. And Scarlet and Gray, the great thing about Scarlet and Gray is like, I like the fact that it's, there are two very basic colors, but it feels like that's a pretty unique combo. Like, I love that. about. I don't think anybody else has it. I mean, yeah. Washington state kind of has similar yeah, a little there, bit. I think maroon and silver, but there really aren't many. I mean, if you think of all the teams that are that are basically crimson and cream from Indiana, Oklahoma, Alabama. Right. I mean, there's a lot. And I the, the other thing, and you know what? When you think about it, it, I guess now it all it it all hits me, and it does make sense that when Scar when Ohio State wears the uniforms they're supposed to for the Michigan game, and it's scarlet and gray against maize and blue, like there's no other possibility in the country for that color matchup. Yeah. No. <laughs> because nobody else is maize and blue. Right. Um, and nobody else is scarlet and gray. So it's really the only it's it's a one off. I mean, it's the Very one. Iconic. And maybe that plays into why, if, whether you grew up in Montana like me or Ohio like you, when you saw those two colors hit, it just looked different. And maybe because it was. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, for the by that by that same point, if I am watching Alabama and Auburn. Eh, it it doesn't stand out to me as much as an Ohio State. Michigan. No, there are other teams that are blue and orange and crimson. And I mean, hell, Illinois, Indiana looks like Alabama, Auburn. <laughs> yeah, if you completely I mean, ignore the way they're playing, yes, it right. looks yeah. exactly. You like could that. make Illinois uniforms that look like Auburn's. You could make Indiana uniforms that look like uh, Alabama. Yeah, and if you just glance at a TV, they look it would look the same. You know, yeah. and there, but there's nobody else that has those two. Um, well, and I got to tell you something. The other thing I really appreciate, gold, but not many. Yeah. The other thing I really appreciate is uh, the mascot choices as well. That's the thing I think about a lot because I love the fact that Ohio state and, and you know, Indiana may not have a super great original color scheme, but I love the fact that you're just taking the name for the entire state as your main college's nickname. Like I love that kind of stuff because yeah. it is unique and weird. And I appreciate the big 10 has a lot of these very odd uh, mascots and things like that. That's, like Nittany, that's one of the things I enjoy. Nittany Lions, which yeah. doesn't exist, yeah, right? Which does not exist. The the crazy thing about it is, is it's hard for kids, for little kids. It's a tougher sell. Like, yeah, right. It's amazing how with my boys, they're six, four, and two. Like my my oldest son is infatuated with Kentucky basketball. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the Wildcats, Dad. Right. Like I know what a Wildcat is. That's badass. Yeah. The hell's a Buckeye, man? You know, <laughs> like. He loves Ohio State football. He likes the Buckeyes too. But I mean, like little kids, like you and I, like imagine trying to tell a kid what a Hoosier is or a Buckeye is. You know, I mean, it's I don't. It's something you appreciate yeah. as you get older. Then you go, oh, you know, that's unique and that's this. There's a thousand Wildcats. But when you're right. five, you know, you just want a cool cat as the logo.
Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of elementary school kids like I'm gonna be the boiler maker. You can be the no, like not not right. a whole lot no, of that no, playground. So. I do love the Boilermaker logo or the uh, the big bowler Boilermaker guy. What's his name? Oh yeah, uh, what is it? That guy's incredible. I love it's that guy. Terrifying, but it's it is great. I can't remember. He's is great. That, like, Pete, maybe. Yeah. I think it is. For some reason, I think it is Pete. I think I don't know. I think well, they got the but giant it's good. Drum. Everybody knows who he is, and he's great. So all right, good stuff out of Alvin there. God, that dude. I gotta, you gotta give Alvin some credit. Like that dude will come I... up with an ask us anything off the wall, man. <laughs> I know no joke. Like I've actually met Alvin he a couple delivers. times. He's a really great dude. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And and we, you know, we we need to have like a, a frequent uh flyer day or something and have these guys on and just throw questions at us for 45 minutes. That might be a good offseason. That would be fun to like just line up listeners <laughs> and do like an entire podcast, ask us anything live. Yeah, that might be a good I idea. Don't know if we have the technology to do that, but that would be fun. Yeah, we should try to get that rolling. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right, buddy. We want to thank Katie Smith. She was spectacular and, you know, just one of the great athletes in the history of the program. And and I hope you enjoyed that interview. And we'll be back next week and we'll uh, be previewing the Big Ten tournament. Yep, absolutely. See you next week.